Hi, I'm Kathy Bixell, and welcome to the Kathy Bixell Podcast. Today's episode is entitled, Watch Your Words. Your words are so powerful. The writer Gary Chapman wrote in his book, Love as a Way of Life, that the words we use can either be bullets or seeds. And is that ever true? And the scripture gives us a lot of support for that, for the use of that metaphor, that when we speak, our words can either be bullets to issue harm and hurt to others, or they could be seeds that can ultimately produce life. If you remember from last week's episode, we are talking about what the proper response is to that we are to have as Christ followers, as lovers of God, as those who preach the gospel and, you know, espouse the word of God as the truth that we live by, what our response is to be to this heightened sense of anger, hatred, the dissemination of lies and slander that is marking our current culture. And so I pose the question in our last episode, would Jesus censor us? In other words, is the spirit in which we are operating counterproductive to what the Lord wants to accomplish through us as his people in this season? That we are called to be the salt, the light. We are called to be the redemptive voice of God in this chaos, but are Is our behavior undermining what God wants to do through us? So where in the last episode, we focused on having the right spirit towards those that oppose us, that have different viewpoints. Today, we are going to talk about our speech, having the right speech, how to speak appropriately And the Bible has to say a lot about our tongues. And I believe the body of Christ, we have yet to grasp the power our tongue holds. This is in general, aside from, you know, the political and cultural uh, chaos, aside from that, just in general, we we have yet to completely grasp the power of our tongue, the power it holds to create our world to bring blessing or to bring cursing. You know, the Bible likens the mouth to a sword, to the tongue of a rudder of a ship, a pen of a ready writer. Um, Our tongue is no doubt the hardest thing we have to control. Um, And I truly believe that it takes an intimate, a strong, intimate relationship with Holy Spirit to actually master our speech. But the good news is that we have the Holy Spirit in us and we have the the word of God that as we put it in our hearts, it serves, you know, it, it rises up within us and to serve as a guardian over what we speak. How many of you have had that experience? I know I have when something just slips out, right? And we say, oh no, I shouldn't have said that. So I want to uh, go read some portions of scripture that I hope will encourage you. The word of God holds all the keys for our victory 
It truly does. And I think that if we stop looking on the outside for how to prevail in triumph in the season we are in, we're, we're going to be bereft of answers. But I think if we open our Bible, if we pray that above all else that God would give us, just today again, I said, Lord, you are supernatural. I don't know how you do it, but give me an increasing hunger for your word. Now, I am going to read out of Psalm 39, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, um, because I love the way that um, the Passion uh, communicates this verse. Uh, you may have already heard this verse out of uh, Psalm 39, where the psalmist prays um, and asks David, it is, King David, who asked that the Lord put a guard over his lips. So by the end of that, this podcast, I want you to see the importance of having that prayer answered in your life. I know that I want it answered in my life. And this is great. It's, it begins here in verse one. This is what David is saying. Here's my life motto, the truth I live by. I will guard my ways for all of my days. I will speak only what is right, guarding what I speak, like a watchman guards against an attack of the enemy. I'll guard and muzzle my mouth when the wicked are around me. I will remain silent and will not grumble or speak out of my disappointment. Now, this is what David says he's going to do that he's going to guard and muzzle his mouth when the wicked are around me. So right off the bat, we know that David has spiritual insight into how our mouths can open the door, what we speak can open the door for the enemy to work in our atmosphere and our circumstances. So he says, I am going to be especially careful what I speak so that the enemy has no place in me. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Jesus. And then he says here, I will remain silent. I won't grumble or speak out of my disappointment. Now, that's interesting because we know that one of the things that most offended the Lord uh, about the children of Israel in their wilderness wandering was their complaining, right? And so most of us have heard all those messages about, you know, not complaining, not using our tongue, uh, you know, to to voice out complaints all the time, to be murmuring, to be grumbling. But in this particular psalm, there's things going on in David's life that are causing him frustration, and he is trying to keep himself quiet. He's trying to muzzle himself from saying something that he should not be saying. So I liken it to sometimes how I feel when I have to watch some of the media, right? Which is why now I, in our family, that we don't watch or listen to most of it that we feel is not going to give us, um, I, I hate to use the word fair and balanced because it sounds like a network, um, but that one that, uh, you know, 
so a media outlet that is communicating at least a full narrative or a full story. I find that a lot of things are communicated where there is an agenda, where there's an a slant. Whether it's a 30-minute, 6.30 newscast, there's something they want you to believe, and so they omit information that's contrary to the narrative they want you they want you to believe. And so I find it a waste of time. It doesn't mean that I am not interested in hearing opposing viewpoints of things. It's just that I am not going to meditate on things that are twisted. And I think the scriptures even speak about that. I'm not going to meditate on a lot of lies, all right? So, but when you read something or you listen to something that is a lie, or that is problematic, or you see people being slandered, or uh, as I said last week, you see group people, groups of people um, being, uh, you know, accused or being identified with certain behaviors in which they are not they are not even associated with, but because one person did something wrong, now an entire group of people have a label on them. We know that that even the common sense of that isn't right. But doesn't it get you angry or doesn't it get you frustrated? And this is where David was. If you read the entire psalm, and I'll let you do that for your homework, but if you read the entire psalm, he's frustrated about things. He's frustrated even about some things in his own life, And he, but he understands, this is the point I want to make, he understands the importance of just not vomiting everything out of his mouth. And especially if it's going to be uh, words that going that are going to trap him before the enemy. So when he does begin to speak, and I love how it describes this in uh, the, the uh, Passion Translation, he says, I will remain silent. I will not grumble or speak out of my disappointment. He said, but the longer I'm silent, the more my pain grows worse. He says, my heart burned with a fire within me and my thoughts eventually boiled over and they finally came rolling out of my mouth. And what do we see when David's words are just finally rolling out of his mouth? His words are, Lord, help me to know how my fle how fleeting my time on earth is. David is dealing with things about life in general and the questions he has. But as it relates to what we are discussing in terms of the social, political, and moral upheaval that we're experiencing and how we want to rise up and speak, that we need to be, the first thing we need to do is to be discerning about what we're to speak to others and what we are just called to speak out before the Lord. He said, Lord, when his words finally came out, his next word was Lord. He, he pointed to the Lord. His words went up before the throne of grace. And that is an important part when we are frustrated and we see injustice, that the first place we need to go to our, our with our words and the place where we are welcome to come with our words and our concerns is 
the father of our spirits. And so that is the first key to guarding your mouth is discernment around things that you should say publicly and things that should be channeled into prayers that can bring an answer to the things that we are frustrated about. So I think that is so powerful to keep a muzzle on your mouth. We're going to read some scriptures. It's it's important that we just don't spew everything we think. Let's look at some powerful scriptures about the tongue. I can't uh, in this episode do all of them, but just just like a spattering. Listen to this: Proverbs ten nineteen. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Proverbs 15.4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. In the New Testament, Colossians 4.6, Paul exhorts us as Christians, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, Proverbs 17.9, whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Um. This is even even better one, Matthew 15, 11 from Jesus. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. That's why in our last episode, we did a heart check, right? We're, we, we can't start to monitor our mouth until we get to the root of what comes out of our mouth. If that anger, that frustration, um, that uh, that ill will, whatever it is, that sense of wanting to get your own sense of justice, whatever that is in there, that has to be dealt with before we actually begin to monitor our mouths. Um, Let's see here another one. Uh, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. You know, this is so important. Just think about how many things in a day, especially in this environment, even regarding uh, in the political arena, how many things we say that we just say because someone else said that we haven't even found out if that's true. That's where sometimes when I see articles or videos, it's hard to do and it's time consuming, but look and see what is it that was really said? Because I'm going to tell you the media cuts and pastes portions of speech Just like you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say, you can take someone's audio and you can dice it, splice it, whatever, and you could make it say whatever you want to say. So we need to, there's things that we do. We slander politicians. We slander um, ministry leaders. We slander people in our community based on something we heard that when we actually listen to the audio of what they said, we find out a whole sentence was, uh, uh, was omitted that actually negates what the slanderous accusation is. And see, this is all of this. You say, well, Kathy, you know, does God really care about that? Yes, he does. Because what distinguishes us as human beings on this planet, we are made in God's image. 
What distinguishes us is our power of speech. We have yet to understand how what we say creates our reality. You can create your world with your tongue. God created his world, the world that was in his heart. He created when he spoke. And so the tongue can either bless or it can curse. Psalm 141 verse 3, once again, the psalmist prays, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Listen to this um, in Proverbs 18 verses 20 through 21. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Wow. we I love the positive part of that, but just think for a second of what it's like when we eat the fruit of negative speech, slanderous speech. Now, a portion of scripture that I have been eager to get to today is out of 1 Peter chapter 3, where we read this incredible instruction from the Apostle Peter, and why I think it's uh, so meaningful for us, and I'm going to read several verses because I am going to allow the power of the Word of God to sink in your spirit as I read it today. Because this gives us such powerful instruction for the times in which we live. You know, the New Testament writings not only reveal the life and the nature of God, but we have documented history of how the early Jesus followers lived. And we have uh, early testimonials of what life was like for them. And uh, I'm going to, in our next episode, I'm controlling myself in this one, but I'm going to, in the next episode, I begin to talk about how we can prosper uh, as Christians amidst persecution. And so this is just uh, a little appetizer leading us up to that. But he, he tells us how to stay focused on what is right when we're living in such a, a, a tumultuous time where as believers, the mainstream culture is in opposition to our beliefs. And they are not only in opposition to our beliefs, they are in opposition to our speech. And so what I also want to say is when I'm talking about guarding your mouth, I'm talking about having the discernment speaking out of the right spirit so that your words matter. It is not to be silent like sheep led to the slaughter. We are to speak up about injustice. We should be able to preach the gospel unashamedly. We should be able to stand up and speak for those things that matter to us and that matter to God. And I encourage you to do it. I want you to do it. As a listener here, we need, what did the early church do when they were threatened with persecution? They asked for boldness. They didn't hide and they didn't, you know, cave in and just let the government say and do whatever they wanted. No, they spoke up. Paul went to Caesar Okay, so that is, I, I just want to make that known because someone 
could be out there. I'll, I'll get a comment from someone. Well, you're telling us to just, you know, just to be quiet. That's not what I'm saying. There is a time to be quiet, but it's more important that the way we speak, it it produces fruit. And some of the language, some of the slander is not going to get us anywhere, okay? Slander is not going to do it. False accusation. We are taking the bait of Satan when we do it. So let's look here in 1 Peter chapter 3, and let's see what he tells us to do, and then we're going to pray, close out the episode with prayer. 1 Peter 3, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible, beginning in verse uh, verse 8. Finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household, compassionate and courteous, tender-hearted and humble. This is especially important as we are dealing with Christians, other Christians that don't hold the same uh, persuasions that we do. Verse 9, never, never underline that in the Bible. This is not the this is not the Apostle Kathy speaking. This is not the unfallible word of Kathy because my words are not infallible. It is the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Peter saying, never return evil for evil, insult for insult, scolding, tongue lashing, berating, but on the contrary, blessing, praying for their welfare, happiness, and protection, and truly pitying and loving them. This is our response to those who oppose us. For know, Peter writes, that to this you have been called, that you may yourselves inherit a blessing from God, that you may obtain a blessing as heirs, bringing welfare and happiness and protection. Notice why I like the Amplified. I got happiness and protection out of that one. But right there is a key. Your words against someone else that are ungodly will cause your own harm. It will undo your own, the own, your own flow of blessing. Listen to this in verse 10. Let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days, good, whether apparent or not, keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from guile, from treachery and deceit. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do right. Let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness, undisturbedness from fears agitating passions and moral conflicts, and seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow man, and with yourself, but pursue, go after them. Boy, there's a message in there. He says that we should have peace with ourselves. That might, that might be where we start, right? <laughs> Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous those who are upright and in right standing with him, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil to oppose them, to frustrate and defeat them. Now, who is there to hurt you if you are zealous followers of that which is good? But even in case you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed, happy, and to be envied. 
So do not dread or be afraid of their threats or be disturbed by their opposition, but in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord and always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. And see to it that your conscience is entirely clear, unimpaired, so that when you are falsely accused as evildoers, those who threaten you abusively and revile your right behavior in Christ may come to be ashamed for slandering your good lives. For it is better to suffer unjustly for doing right, if that should be God's will, than to suffer justly for doing wrong. For Christ the Messiah himself died for sins once, for all, for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, the just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty, that he might bring us to God. In his human body, he was put to death, but he was made alive in the spirit. So right here in 1 Peter 3, is the answer to how we should behave. We have to have the right heart and we have to speak the right thing. And in the midst of any persecution and opposition, how we're going to talk about that more next week, because we are, when we find out what the early church lived through, you know, the, the it is, this is not unprecedented, but every time there's persecution and opposition, the church flourishes and overcome overcomes if we rise up in power. And what we need is power. And if we have the right heart and speak in the right spirit and the Holy Ghost is backing up our behavior and our speech, and he infuses us with power, the scripture says that in the midst of that persecution, that we are to rejoice because the spirit of glory will rest upon us. And I know that I don't want anything to compromise that spirit of glory resting upon us in such a time as this to reach a dying world with the gospel. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice at this moment. Father, we thank you for your mercy, for your forgiveness. We thank you that you are the God of the second chance and the third chance and a lot of chances because we miss it, Lord. And Father, we stand in repentance today before you where things have come out of our mouths that have uh, been accusatory, where our tongues have been in alignment with that which our enemy would actually be speaking. He is the father of lies. And so, Father, we want truth and life and light to come off of our tongues. We want our speech to be seasoned with salt. And so, Father, we receive your forgiveness. We receive your strength. We receive the power of your Holy Spirit to help us put a guard upon our mouths for us to muzzle um, un bridled speech and emotional outpourings, Lord, that do not minister blessing and life to those who will hear it. 
So, Father, we come in alignment with your word, and we thank you for your word, that it keeps us and it guards us and guides us every single day. I thank you for strengthening your people in this season. I thank you, Lord, that they are increasing in power, that you will give them the peace of God that passes all understanding. I declare it over them now, that in the midst of unrighteousness and in the midst of injustice and unfairness in every aspect, so many aspects of our world right now, that Lord, that you are giving them and have given them the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, all of that good fruit that is going to be produced and manifested and enjoyed through the words of their lips. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us again on the Kathy Bixel podcast. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. You can also visit us at kathybixel.com to find out more about me and our ministry. We are so grateful that you were able to join us today and hope that you can be with us for next week's episode on prospering in persecution. And remember, watch your words. They create your world. Thank you for listening to the Kathy Pixel Podcast. For more information about Kathy, her upcoming itinerary, media resources, and more, visit kathyvixel.com. Again, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. 